Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. We're calling it what it is, and we're telling it like it is, with 30 minutes of jam-packed, up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story should be the 18th anniversary of the September 11th attacks in New York and D.C., But I was surprised to find that the front page of the Wall Street Journal makes no mention of this anniversary. Yeah, neither did CNN, their website, or New York Times. Not like one story buried at the very bottom. So I was shocked by this, and I tweeted it, and somebody replied, the news even stopped reporting on the anniversaries of the Lusitania and Pearl Harbor, which actually... Lusitania is true. Pearl Harbor is not true. You will find on the front page of the Wall Street Journal this year will be the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Is my I mean certainly has been in my lifetime, and they were cel- recognizing the anniversaries while the wars were still going on. There seems to be a concerted effort to not talk about it as much. Well, I noticed that with the moon landing, that there was. I mean, that was the 50th anniversary of the greatest achievement of mankind, and I can't – I don't even know what date it is. I will say this, that CNN, while they did very little talking about 9-11, the one article that I did read where they talked about 9-11, the article was not about 9-11. The headline was, but the Mm -hmm. article itself was about how the new face of terrorism is white nationalist. Really? Mm -hmm. As you predicted? Yeah. I noticed that, uh, oh, there was a good article. I didn't get to read the whole thing, so I did not tweet it out. But Activist Post had, uh, I thought, what looked like a very reasoned article from some a 9-11 official narrative skeptic. But I there's so many things that are weird about the story, including that almost all of the hijackers were Saudi, and the bankroller was someone who worked with the CIA, Osama bin Laden, from a family that is very rich and prominent in Saudi Arabia and is still on the world stage as part of the establishment. These are weird things. The two towers were brought down by fire, started by airplanes, whereas the third tower that went down, Building 7, wasn't even hit by an airplane. And we talked about the story right. earlier this week. They said it was not brought down by fire, and it wasn't brought down by collateral damage, or it would have tipped over. Yeah. It wouldn't have been that simultaneous. So there are weird things. And one thing that nobody ever talks about, and I don't understand why this guy wasn't court-martialed for it, or I guess he's not a military man, but been held responsible, is that Donald Rumsfeld left his post. The Secretary of Defense left his post at the Pentagon and went to help the EMTs get injured people into ambulances that's because he didn't want to get hit (laughs) he was out there in the line of fire it's it it was dereliction of duty and the highest degree and he was in danger so there is a lot of remaining mystery about this but one thing that is not that is not in doubt is that we are still in afghanistan actively pursuing military operations as a direct result of the 9-11 attacks without really understanding why why even the official narrative doesn't really explain why, why they did it. But And the funny thing is our reaction is actually a victory for them. We're enmeshed in 
endless war. And worse than that, we have we have fallen for the rube, rube, we are rubes, and have fallen for the ploy that we should give up our civil liberties, our our rights, in the name of these attacks. And even the official narrative says that the attacks were a response to our policies. Yeah, something that Ron Paul used to get in a lot of trouble for saying during debates and on CNN. They used to get his mic cut off. Cut oh, off. really? I missed yeah. that. I, I never saw that. But, yeah, he definitely was a persona non grata from saying that stuff. Now, people fault him for not going all the way on 9-11 and saying it was an inside job. I don't really fault him for that because there are people who are single issue or, like, they're deal breakers for people. And he did a lot of good getting his message out there. There was no reason for him. There are a few issues like that where there are millions of people on either side of the issue where it's a single issue for them. They're doing all the work that they can do to get a certain message or viewpoint out. When there's somebody like Ron Paul who has a big stage like that, I don't fault him for, I mean, maybe now, maybe in a deathbed confession like uh, like James Jesus Angleton saying, like, oh, yeah, I remember the JFK assassination. I don't know if he's if he will come out in the end. What was that deathbed confession? I'm not familiar Oh, with James it. Jesus Angleton, if I'm not mistaken, he was the, he was actually, I believe his, highest position was head of counterintelligence so like double agents for the cia which made him paranoid which makes sense because you don't know who's like a double triple agent like it's crazy but he supposedly knew or was involved in the real story of jfk and i believe it was he who said the closest thing to the truth about jfk is in the movie not a great made greatly made movie but in the movie uh called executive action executive action which i think had peter lawford in it who is it kennedy um no 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 there is there are other you can't copyright a title but executive action i think was made in like 1970 or okay. something okay all right yeah i'm thinking of the harrison and, ford version i think yeah no i wouldn't be surprised if they make things of that name on purpose just to keep you from actually finding it i think this one has either peter lawford or burt lancaster or both i always confuse those two guys do you remember where you were on 9-11 yes and i got a text this morning from a mutual friend, my friend Liz, who I loved very much and lost, she, I was at her house on 9-11, and our mutual friend always remembers us on that day, so, and she, yeah, it was crazy. I remember sitting there saying, it looks like we were in Colorado, and I was like, I think the trade center, the World Trade Center is falling, and she thought, she was listening to it on the radio, and she thought it was parody because she was listening to, like, a zoo. Yeah. I was do you in, remember? I do. I was in journalism class, and my teacher got, like, a page or something. And, had and to, did, had did to you go. stop and watch? No, we left. We had class guys. Oh, your teacher was teacher a journalist. Yeah. Wow. But it was yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. It was pretty crazy. crazy. My brother was on the bridge, so you can see from where I grew up, it's just in the suburbs of New York. There's a bridge that goes over to the city, but it's a bit north. And if you look down on a clear day, which it was, you could always see the World Trade Center. And he's a trucker. He was on the bridge looking down. 
And he said he saw it happening and he just couldn't, I guess then he, he got across the bridge and went to watch a TV and he saw the one go down. My parent, my father worked on the World Trade Center also. And I think maybe my brother did too. Like it was a big construction project in the seventies. And he said he went to watch it and we saw the first one go down. He said, that's, you know, that's impossible. Like the, the likelihood of that happening, like, cause he knew how it was built. He had been a part of it. He's a lot older than I am. And he said it was just impossible to believe. And when he saw the other one go down, he just like calculated the odds in his head and was like, this is astronomical, which is what that activist post article today was about, which I found very interesting, just the odds of that happening. And then the third one coming down without even being hit by a plane, building seven, that's a weird wrinkle. Yeah, as the University of Alaska found earlier this week, yes, did yep. not collapse due to fire, collapsed due to simultaneous failure of all the structural elements. Right, which is why it couldn't have just been like scooped out and tipped over yeah. because of proximity to all the debris, because that wouldn't have been simultaneous. It would have been one side would have gone first. And you see pictures of skyscrapers that do do that because every once in a while, rarely, there'll be a flaw in one of the support beams and that one will collapse. And then you see how it collapses asymmetrically. The only, you know, so anyway, that's, but that's not what's the headline of the news today. It's John that's, Bolton, isn't it? Yeah. Is yeah. that the wall street journal yeah. also? Every yeah, Trump, website. Trump ousts Bolton after clashes exit freeze president to pursue his instincts to negotiate with the nation's adversaries. CNN proclaimed that, Bolton wanted to end Trump's worldwide reality show, and that just ticked Trump off. And that's the whole story. Yeah, the whole story. Yeah, Bolton wanted to end his reality show where he's bringing the Taliban to Camp David, where he's negotiating with Kim Jong-il, where he's negotiating with Russia. Oh, that's interesting. The story was like this, the way it was reported. Last night and today it's been, yeah, yeah, we all want to get out of Afghanistan. We get it. Nobody wants to go to war. John Bolton's terrible and evil. But Trump only fired him because Trump is stupid and impulsive. And anyway, (laughs) at least Bolton was stable and predictable. And this is exactly what North Korea and Russia wanted. And it sounds a lot like the people reporting this who, when Trump hired Bolton, are really upset that Bolton was fired. That's that's the funny thing. I saw this angle where they're saying that all the people who were upset that Bolton was fi- was hired are yeah. also upset that Bolton was fired. Right. Yeah. So like the dialectic itself there is like the story. It's just so. And it goes to your. I mean, point. the story's always been about itself. It also goes to the point that you make frequently that prominent figures on the left are very much pro-war. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. Like I. I I don't even I would rather have sincere leftists who are genuinely anti-war or or even pro-labor. Like I'm not saying I want laws about that, but I'm just saying like I understand the ideology that says this is how it works. So the so the the sincere left sees the corruption at the top and says it's the corporations military-industrial complex, all that. The sincere right sees the corruption at the top and says it's the government, the corrupt, where all the powers, where all the guns are. 
In fact, I believe it's embedded in the expression military-industrial complex. I've called it the corpo-governmental continuum. It's, it's the nexus of those two things. And I, uh, actually, the Puerto Rican, the story today about the FEMA chick in Puerto Rico, I think goes to that. But I don't want to cut you off on the Bolton stuff. That's all I got on Bolton, uh, other yeah. than this, another example of Trump doing something that Democrats, at least those not in the media, would want him to do. But the, yes. the, the media yes. providing the reasons why, yeah, but here's still why this validates this negative stereotype of Trump. Right. He only did it because he's stupid and impulsive, and here's why right. you really should not be happy about this. Like pulling out of Syria. Right. Right. So uh, – Rachel Maddow has, you know, was annoyed at that. I have a story about her too, but let me just a quick hit on the Puerto Rican chick. So I tweeted this yesterday thinking it was, see some, when the, when the story is small, there's just one line. I don't always know if it's going to explode. It usually, I mean, it's just pretty much, oh, it's like 99% stories that hit the mainstream media are there for a reason. Occasionally they have to cover something like that boat fire off of California because it's just you just have to, but the but this thing this came across that a FEMA official in Puerto Rico was arrested for corruption, and I immediately tweeted like they won't talk about this because it portrays the government in a poor light, and and both the left and the right are big government people. So I was reserving judgment on whether that would play out or not. And then it, it was on the cover of the Wall Street Journal today. And it and I thought, hmm, okay, what's going on here? So there's a woman who was arrested or charged in awarding a $1.4 billion contact, contract to a private utility company in Puerto Rico to get the lights back on. And she was charged, a friend of hers who was awarded a job supposedly related to this kind of bribery, and the guy who ran the utility company or the parents of that was were all charged like there were like she was being paid off. So there was a flag in the article for me which said, this underscores something to the effect of this underscores Trump's claims of government corruption and inefficiency and then i was like oh 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 this is here for a reason and then that made another little maybe flag be a flag to me which is the lawyer for this chick i think uh, her name is tribble asha tribble her lawyer said we're going to expose how this investigation was was conducted and i thought Oh, trouble with tribbles. Yes. Nice. Excellent. Stuff like that. I don't even think is a mistake half the time. A coincidence. So I looked up tribble. She has a mem a, a, a resume of being a high ranking trusted bureaucrat from way back. There's yeah. no chance. No chance. This store. I, well, I can't say no chance, but I, I there's I am fully expecting this story. Maybe it won't be as big as Sharpie gate, but I think this story is, is going to be an object lesson in the evils of the Trump administration. If not just a full dialectic of 
yeah. she did it or didn't she do it. Like, it'll probably be ambiguous. That's what Sharpiegate was. It was an example of the evil of the Trump administration. They roll these stories out to use as, as case examples to say, here is why Trump lies and he's evil. And then they roll the counter one out as here why, here's why Joe Biden means well, it's okay that he lies. Right. And this one, my guess is she won't be completely exonerated or it wouldn't have the dialectical appeal, which keeps it in the news. So, but I wanted to mention this, this Rachel Maddow thing. Rachel Maddow is being sued by One American News mm-hmm. about, uh, for saying that it, it was, re- quote, really literally paid Russian propaganda. So they are suing her for defamation, which would be the correct cause, in my opinion, because there's another case that I've talked about before, Jane Aker and Steve Wilson, who wrote a story about the dangers and magnitude of the hormones in cows for a local Fox News station in Florida. And the news station, Monsanto, who was involved in that, in the cows, called Roger Ailes. He got the story spiked or distorted, changed. And these guys ultimately, I think for pushing back on that, got fired. They, they got a jury to award them damages for that. But then it was overturned based on the fact that there's no rule, law, or regulation that makes it uh, against distorting or falsifying the news. So they can't sue Maddow for saying something that isn't true. Yeah. But what she did was deliberately targeted somebody with a falsehood that hurt them, and that's defamation. Yeah. So I'm interested. My guess is if it gets too far where she might actually lose, which she probably should, they will settle because you don't want a precedent like that on the books. And I'm sure she provided no evidence for this. She makes that claim. Well, it's not true. All so the it can't time. be any evidence. Yeah. She, she calls anything that is not progressive Russian propaganda. It, it's one of her main talking points every time I watch her show. Well, I wonder. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she actually has to curb that after this. And I noticed that, like, when Shep Smith said that Putin brought down. MH17, that he literally killed 300 people. I was like, he definitely didn't. And something crazy happened yesterday. Russia traded a bunch of Ukrainian prisoners or pilots or whatever for people in the Ukraine that they were holding that have evidence about MH17, the Malaysian flight that went down over Ukraine that we use as an example, like the annexation of Crimea, of Russia's aggression in the Ukraine civil war or the secession war, whatever. Yeah. Very – so something might come of that. Of course, you'll have to check the foreign news to get it. Oh, I just wanted to say one thing about Brexit. They uh, – you know, the drama continues. It's straight out of the, the Trumpian playbook. A Scottish court – so is the Scottish court – the real court has to still go to the Supreme Court. The Scottish court said that, that Boris Johnson's suspension or prorogation of parliament – was motivated by politics, which, of course, everything is, right? Yeah. So it wasn't illegal, but it was motivated by politics. That totally parallels, I think it was the census ruling here, where they were motivated to by politics, and that was why the court ruled against them, which is, like, unprecedented and irrelevant. Very similar parallelism. Some The images what, they showed to go with that story— 
would, were just like the images they show of Trump, where Boris Johnson, his hair was clearly Always. blonde, and he looked, it, he was disheveled and looked yes. just frustrated. It, it, I mean, it yeah. looked like a picture of Trump from a distance. Yes, he's a madman. His hair is crazy. Yeah. Like, those are the big signatures that you know Trump is crazy by looking at him. Yeah. Same thing with Bojo. So they're talking about, like, civil war, one, one woman uh, minister— member of parliament, I mean, said, you cannot, quote, you cannot break the law with impunity, Boris Johnson. So that's just so, like, Trump, you can't break the law. Another thing is they're really portraying the Brexit thing. They they said it was, it's a, it was a debate. It was a, it's a conflict. It's a civil war on everything from immigration to capitalism and just did a whole litany of things. Whereas my understanding at the time was that really what was driving people was desperation from an aging population who is finding it harder and harder to access their quote free healthcare because these people are coming in from dozens of other countries to use it. So Brexit allowed that. And that's what they, it was just a practical thing. They would say like, I don't mind immigrants. I'm fine with this. It's just that, we have this national health system and it's collapsing under the pressure of international unfettered, which is the exact reason why you can't have a welfare state and open borders. I mean, that is the definitional reason. Yeah. So it, it presents all that and, uh, but it distorts like that. There's a real thing. And at that time in 2017, uh, Ringo Starr said, Oh, Brexit's great. And now he's a disgusting piece of crap. Of course. Yeah, so they just like he's he's just morally repulsive now, like yeah. because he had a political opinion that wasn't even the implications weren't even fully known. They it wasn't known that they were going to make it like the worst, most painful thing ever. He mm-hmm. thought they would just do it. And now he has a mental illness. Oh, is that yes? That is definitely how they're portraying <laughs> it. No question about it. There's been multiple mental illness stories in the news today. One about Aaron Carter, the singer coming out and saying all of his he just lists out all of the uh, things he's been diagnosed with the medicines he has and all the stories about the violence that he he's been involved in because of his mental illness there's a pastor who used to talk to people about not committing suicide he committed suicide there was a really yeah a professor at the university of pennsylvania who was a psychologist for the school also helping students deal with suicide he committed suicide the story around that was about the pressures because of all the increasing amounts of mental illness on campus and that his workload was getting harder and harder and there's an increased rate of suicides on campus and with all of that there was also the story of the trump administration the harpa team I believe oh it's called. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the uh, health research. Yeah, pro- oh right. Where they presented a three page proposal for tracking people who have been diagnosed with mental illness through their telephone that tells when there are signals that the person is about to be violent. Yeah. So I that think was the uh, thing yeah. we talked about like a week or two ago, right? They That didn't get a lot of press. Yeah. I know you brought up Harpa. A week ago. This just recently happened. Uh, this three-page proposal came out yesterday. That was one of the things they wanted to do, though, was to yeah. assess your emotional exactly. state Ivanka to asked, see if you're yeah. going to go violent. And That's uh, one of the I, strategies, just tracking the cell phones of people who have been diagnosed with mental illness. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes, that I don't remember hearing that before. Yeah, that's crazy. And there, there's one thing, there's a lot of press about suicide this week because it's National Suicide Prevention Week, which my guess is has an inverse effect because, I mean, it just, it's not good. Yeah, I agree but, with uh, that. Yeah. Uh, one, one story I saw more than once, so I just, I had to, something seemed not quite right to me. It's about police officers committing suicide, dying of suicide more than dying in the line of fire. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and it, and the stat, and it's actually more than the general population, which is surprising to me. It's 17 in a hundred thousand is the rate of suicide for police officers, which to me seems very high anyway, but the general population is 13 in a hundred thousand. But I was looking for a demographic breakdown within the police community because the rate of suicide for white males is 28 in 100,000. 28 in 100,000. So yeah. it's more than double the general population. So police officer suicides, if they were all white men, they would have a blow for their demographics. So it's hard to know, but I have seen a lot of those articles around about police officer suicides, and I thought it was worth putting a little color on there. Yeah, suicide's a tough subject. It's... You don't want to talk about it because you don't want to put it in, in the public mind. But you also, people they are they are dealing with stuff. Anybody who struggles, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Talk to people. Talk to people and open up. Not to get too uh, sentimental, but it's um, yeah. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel, and there's always people willing to talk. Yeah. Uh, so didn't you have something about you know the clergy is often Jerry Falwell. To- for that yeah. kind of help, but some, but Jerry Falwell's been Jerry Falwell. He's been lately. in the news because if you support Trump in any way, you're going to be attacked. But especially, the, for but Jerry Falwell Senior, he's not even alive anymore, right? No. He was in the news yeah. for being bad in the '80s. Like it's just like, uh, did right. you see him at a disco or what? I didn't yeah, even look at. I didn't that's exactly through. what the story was. There was a picture or something that was published on Politico that allegedly showed Jerry Falwell Jr. in the middle of a dance club in Miami. And Jerry Falwell Jr. came out and said, if it's me, it's likely photoshopped. And then the person who owned the celebrity photography website came out and said, no, I went through all my treasure trove. I keep all of these photos, and I found all of these photos of not only Jerry Falwell Jr., but also of his daughter and his children and their husbands and wives, and they were drinking alcohol. So first of all, nothing they wrong. They're suppo- he talks a lot about our liberties policies. He's like the head mm-hmm. of Liberty University, yep. very anti-alcohol. So that's the controversy there is that he's in a bar and that one of his children is holding a drink. It's really a weird controversy, but I think that this story is an example of what we're going to see when it comes to deep fakes moving forward. You're going mm-hmm. to see a supposed picture released. This was kind of from a distance of a prominent figure that is damning to them, and they're going to come out and say, no, that's not me. That's Photoshop. That's deep faked. And then the person who created it or who shot it is going to say, no, it's not. Here are all my verification methods to show you that it's true. So I think this is foreshadowing some deep fake technology stuff we're going to see pretty soon. Yeah, I I think you're right about the deep fake stuff being a big, big player in the 2020 election because the Russian thing hasn't run its course, obviously. I think the illegitimacy of 
the president has been a crucial feature in presidential politics since the hanging Chad in 2000. So for 20 years now, that's just critical point. And the 2016 election, to the extent that it was valid or invalid, doesn't really matter if the 2020 election is valid. So if if Trump is going to win or has any chance of winning, they absolutely must set the stage for another another invalid election. Yep. They've already so, determined that. You're absolutely right. And it's going yeah. to be deep fake Russia and voter suppression. Stacey Abrams. Yes, for sure. Yes, yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see how it shakes out. Now, of course, I don't have any great love or hate for Trump, I, I don't like the authoritarian approach. And they, they'll make stuff up about him. But like we were talking about, what was that headline about the vaping that just came across the wire? He wants oh, they're to, putting – the Trump administration is thinking about putting a ban on flavored e-cigarettes. So, so here's the thing. I My daughter was asking me about – she's like, oh, I hear all this bad stuff about vaping – do you think it's really bad for people? I thought it was better for Sarah. I was like, are you vaping? She's like, no, no. She wants no, to try it. <laughs> she, yeah. And she was like, but I mean, can you die from it? And I'm like, I, I don't know. She's like, but you you never believe the news, mom. Like, it says in the news that it's really bad for you. And I said, I do believe that. I do believe it's bad for you. It's like, I think it's much better to, if you have to smoke something, you should be able to identify what it looked like when God gave it to us. And yeah. so... Just make sure that you're not smoking something that looks like a USB port, just for starters. But, I mean, hopefully she's a ways away from that, but I don't know. I have, um, I have a friend who was asking me about the vape stuff, and I told him my thoughts on it, which are that it could be some propaganda war with the cigarette companies, and they could be talking about black market stuff, but I, I don't know. I would be reluctant to do it. And he was asking me, right? And so every now and then when I see an article, I'll send it over to him, and it just – drives him crazy i'm like hey you asked me i'm not making the argument i'm just sending you what they're reporting about it i don't know well but here's my point is that you he doesn't want to know my daughter does want to know the information is out there but the trump administration says we should ban it we should decide why it has nothing to do it's none of your business but i will say i want to have these I like to discuss anything that is on this show, and I I, I can find it a little difficult on Twitter because it's so such a small little thing. So I want people to meet me at thepropreport.com. There's a thing called Press Pool, so you can post your headline or whatever, and we can have that conversation. I check that. I wasn't checking it every day for a while because I was busy getting this show up and running, but I'm absolutely back checking it daily, and I do like to have these conversations. And I pull some of the stuff I talk about from those conversations. So I, they're very valuable to me. I appreciate that. Yeah, dive into the, the pool. <laughs> yes. The, the properport.com pool. Yes, go, it go, we take a deeper dive under the story, under the surface of the story. That's right, and you guys can find Drive Time News Blast every afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all tomorrow.